Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 20 seconds to go. Rishat saves Talbot. Rebounds Hubble Blueprint. Rishat Martinez saves Talbot. Kopitar bangs it off the back of the head. Close and Rishat Martinez saved me by Cam Talbot. Here come the Oilers. Two on one to win it. McDavid in for the left-hand side. Drysaddle waits. There's the center pass. What timer scores? Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 chat. So, Leon Dreisaitl's eye has not improved over the last couple of days, and Todd McClellan says the Oilers' star forward will not play tomorrow against the Ottawa Senators. It looks like Kyler Yamamoto going to be back up on the Oilers' top line with Connor McDavid and Patrick Maroon. Also, expect Johan Ovitu to make his Oilers' debut. Free agent defenseman signed in the summer after being with the New Jersey Devils. Expect him to be paired with Eric Griba, Matt Benning to come out of the lineup. Darnell Nurse will move up to play with Chris Russell. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Hope you have a great weekend ahead of you. We sure do here on 6.30, Chad. Tomorrow at 3.30, the countdown to kickoff for the Eskimos and the Argos. Then that game starts at 5. As soon as the football game ends around 8, we'll take you over to Rogers Place for the Oilers and the Senators. And then Rob and I will have overtime open line after that game. The Senators in action tonight. They will play the Calgary Flames in a bit. I can tell you right now in the CFL, Calgary and Hamilton with Calgary leading 11-6, five and a half minutes left in the first half. NHL tonight, Capitals leading the Devils 1-0 in the second period. Also in the second period, Rangers with a 1-0 edge on the Blue Jackets. Kevin Hayes has his first goal of the season. Besides that, sends Flames game coming up later. Ducks and Avalanche and Detroit visiting the undefeated, the perfect in franchise history. Vegas Golden Knights. They are 3 and 0. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. If you'd like to reach out, the phone number is 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. Baseball playoffs continuing tonight. Now into the League Championship Series, the Yankees in Houston to start the American League showdown first pitch in that one uh, just about to go and we'll keep you updated throughout the evening as well. Okay, well we got a lot to get to tonight. Going to be a fun show and we'll start with your Oilers report for Niskew Ford. Every model on sale every day Niskew Ford above expectations. I mentioned Dreisaitl out of the lineup. He did not practice all week. The Oilers took Tuesday off after the loss to the Jets. They practiced hard Monday, uh, Wednesday and pretty intense practices yesterday and today as well. And Todd McClellan overall happy with how things went. Well, we've worked hard, uh, which we needed to do. We need to reestablish a work ethic and uh, a sense of urgency around our team. And that's a, a really good thing for our group. Um, all that does now, if we carry it over into the game, is gives us a chance at success. We've said it many times before, if you get a work by the opposition uh, and you win, it was pure luck. 
Um, we'd like to take our chances with at least matching the other team's work ethic and, and giving ourselves a chance to succeed. All right, so that is head coach Todd McClellan, who was both on and off the ice a little bit gruffer than usual. Uh, I mean, I think he's trying to remain very focused. You know, he's not coming in there and, and being a negative Nelly, but I, I think he recognizes some things that have to be taken care of. And he was asked today, look, you've coached in the NHL a while. Certainly you've been through these kind of slumps with your team before. I have, and, you know, you never want to foreshadow. You don't want to share uh, your negative thoughts, but um, my gut told me that we would have to fight through this at some point. And uh, I was hoping it'd be a little bit later. We maybe get a few wins in the bank and then we get comfortable, but uh, that wasn't the case. And, um, you know, we were very direct with players this week. Uh, there wasn't a lot of hugging going on. There was a lot of kicking, and uh, uh, I'm sure they got the message that their individual performances have to go way up, and collectively we have to perform a lot better as a group to give ourselves a chance. All right. A lot of kicking, not a lot of hugging. I think that's what the team needed. Interesting, he said, my gut told me that we'd probably have to address something like this. Coaches always teach they always mentor, but I, I think in terms of teaching the basics of how he wants his hockey team to play, Todd McClellan has dealt with that. A lot of it now is about maintaining the standards, reminding them, as he has said several times, how hard it is to win. That was the priority this week. Center Mark Letestu was asked about Todd being tough on them at practice. I've, I've seen him snarly, uh, you know, maybe... Maybe you guys have seen, maybe we came out a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, he's been disappointed in us like that. Uh, it felt like, felt like letting your dad down. He's disappointed in you, you know, like that kind of an anger. Uh, but, you know, I, again, I think we're all over it now. We're on to Ottawa, and I think we're, we're prepared now for them. Felt like letting your dad down. <laughs> now, that is a great way to put it from a guy who's one of the better interviews on the team, Mark Letestu. But uh, talking about the, the disappointment and and how they feel, they uh, well, at least in Mark's case, he kind of let your dad down. <laughs> you know, the, he knew how he wanted the family to act at the, fa- at, the, at the dinner, at the community dinner. And instead of showing up in nice clothes and asking politely for the salt and past the potatoes. The Oilers went in there a little disheveled and let their manners slip. And Dad didn't like it. So it was a little bit of a little bit of hard work. Hopefully gonna gonna cure that. The messages weren't uh, you know weren't veiled. They were pretty direct and guys got it. You know, we're professionals here. We, we want to win hockey games and he's trying to get that out of us. Uh, we earned what we got the last three days, and uh, it's, it's on us now to, to change the narrative and, and be better on Saturday. All right. So, yeah, tomorrow, Saturday, against the Ottawa Senators, another clip there from Mark Letestu. And, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. No veiled messages. It, it was obvious what Todd is trying to address here. I, I think some of it, and I asked Letestu this as well, you talk about work ethic. Is there also an element of working smarter? And he said it, it's both. In some cases, they needed to work harder, and in some cases, they needed to work smarter. In terms of you know where you have to be, you know they're they're not misinformed, they're not misguided. They just needed a little bit of a kick in the pants to be like, oh yeah, I should be doing that. I guess I guess maybe I should do that from now on. 
that'll help the team win a little bit. Uh, I think they're going to come out of it. We'll see how quickly they come out of it. It'd be nice if they were firing and storming against Ottawa tomorrow, which won't have uh, Eric Carlson. And obviously they don't have Mark Mathot on defense anymore, so that changes the makeup of the Senators' defense and hopefully how the Oilers are able to attack. Milan Lucic, also one of the more astute speakers on the Oilers, commenting on the week of practice. Yeah, I think it was good. I think uh, as a team and as individuals, we all got better. And uh, I think his message was pretty clear uh, on Wednesday What how that we needed to play harder. And uh, I think guys are feeling pretty good about themselves now uh, heading into tomorrow night's game. Obviously, we know it's not going to be easy. You know, uh, a team that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, so you know uh, they're they're going to be a tough team to beat. Last year, we lost both, both games to Ottawa, so uh, we know uh, the type of uh, systems they play and how hard they play. So it's going to be another good test for us and uh, a chance for us to, to bounce back after, uh, in our minds, two uh, pretty poor uh, team games. All right, that's Milan Lucic. And, of course, you can get more on the Oilers on 630Ched.com. Again, if you missed it today, one of the big stories, Leon Dreisaitl has been ruled out for the game tomorrow. We have not seen Leon Dreisaitl around the rink, but Todd McClellan said you'll probably see him tomorrow. He'll be the guy with the black eye. He was, uh, McClellan was asked, is there any damage to the orbital bone? And McClellan said no. So hopefully this is not a long-term thing. Uh, I asked McClellan that as well. He said we'll just uh, wait and see if he's going to be able to practice Monday and then play on Tuesday. Adam texting 630-630. He says Latesti was such a good interview, so clear and really in-depth, not just the um-ah type. Well, absolutely, Adam. He's uh, one of the better speakers on the Oilers. Good veteran guy who uh, can clearly sum it up and uh, doesn't mind being honest whether the Oilers are doing well or doing poorly. You can also call 780-496-0063. We're coming up to 616. Bob Stoffer is going to hop on after the 630 news. You'll hear a little bit from a guy you used to love. Well, you probably still do. He just wears different colors now. Ricky Ray when we get back. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chat. Well, how about this? The Hamilton Tiger Cats are ahead of the Calgary Stampeders just by a point, and there's a lot of game left, but given the, the last time they played, it was a complete and absolute wipeout. This is significant. Hamilton up 12-11 with a minute 34 left in the first half. Though Calgary is down to the Hamilton 11-yard line, Bo Levi Mitchell is back to pass, and he's throwing, and it's uh, knocked down. So there'll be a third down trying a field goal. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is 6-21. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad Patrick Bauer. Working on the other side of the window this evening. Patrick, good to see you, buddy. You as well. Thank you. All right, so we look for these to be the Oilers' lines. McDavid between Maroon and Yamamoto. Nugent Hopkins centering Lucic and Cassian. Strom centering Jokinen and Slepeshev. Latestu between Kara and Pakarinen. Defensively, Clefbaum with Larson. Nurse with Russell and Ovitu with Griba. So that means you got Dreisaitl out with an injury. You got Kajula out with an undisclosed injury. And you have uh, Matt Benning being scratched. So there we go. 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. A couple of people texting in saying, well, does, does Dreisaitl actually have a concussion? Look, I don't know. I don't know where the play was that he got hurt on. I... I, I 
Todd McClellan, even earlier this week, said he got hit by a puck or a stick. He wasn't even clear on it. Uh, I, I know somebody texted the other day and, and said they saw what happened. That, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that I thought I saw it if I didn't, because he finished the game. So it couldn't have been that bad in, in, in game. Um, but somebody said, well, maybe he's, he's got a concussion. Here, here's the exact comment from McClellan today. Well, you guys are going to see Leon. He won't be playing tomorrow, but he'll be walking around the rink, and you look for the guy with the black eye, and that'll be Leon. So he's got a black eye, and we're waiting to hear uh, a little bit more on uh, its condition and, and how it affects his head. No. All right, so that question at the end, that was Rob Tichkowski from Post Media jumping in there saying orbital bone, and you heard just McClellan say no. So that that's all I can tell you. I haven't seen the guy. I don't know where where the play was. I know we those of us who cover the team are, are not clear where the play was. McClellan didn't mention the specific play. We have not seen the player. Maybe we'll see him tomorrow. I mean, McClellan's not going to... Uh, come out and say he has a black eye when he doesn't have a black eye if we're if we're going to see him tomorrow. So that's the situation. But we know for sure he's not playing because the coach has ruled him out. So that's where we're at. Tomorrow, 8 o'clock, Oilers Furnace Family Hockey on 630 Chet. Furnace Family, Edmonton's Furnace Family replacement experts. Call 780-4FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. We'll go to Rogers Place after the conclusion of the Eskimos game against the Toronto Argos. That kicks off at 5. And, of course, Ricky Ray back in town once again. The former Eskimos quarterback, one of the top passers in the history of the franchise. He was talking to Morley Scott today as the Argos rolled into town. Flashback to your last visit to Commonwealth Stadium. Yeah, I remember everyone's asking you yeah, if this yeah, is it. Yeah, is this yeah, the yeah. last game and now you're on pace for another 5,000 yard season? A lot of things have changed. Yeah, it has. Uh, yeah, quite a quite a difference from one year to the next, but um, yeah, it's good, be, good to be back playing here again and um, you know, have, a, have another opportunity to be out there on the field where last year, you know, I wasn't, wasn't totally sure about that. Old news now, but did, did you come close to making a decision in the offseason before the change happened? Um, no, I, I, you know, early on I, I still felt like I wanted to play. Um, so I kind of knew pretty early on in the offseason that I still wanted to do if there's an opportunity for me. And then it was just about, you know, seeing, seeing what was out there and obviously got um, the call from, from Coach Tressman and, you know, gave me a great opportunity. What's it been like working with him? It's been great. I mean, uh, I heard a lot of great things about him, you know, before I even knew him or, or played for him, and um, it's, it's you know, held up. So uh, he's just got a lot of experience, um, you know, <laughs> coaching a lot of great quarterbacks, and uh, it's been a lot of fun to kind of learn from him and kind of learn the offense, um, you know, the differences that he sees, and from his perspective has definitely helped me out. You said nice to be back. Do you still get a little jacked up to come back here and play? Um, no, I mean, not not so much anymore. I mean, my first couple of years, yeah, it was d- definitely a different feeling. Um, but now, nah, I mean, it's been, been I think, this is six, year six now. So, um, obviously, it's very familiar coming back here, you know, seeing a lot of, a lot of the same people and, um, you know, played a lot of games in this stadium, but um, just, just another game. All right, a little bit of, from uh, Ricky Ray, low-key as always. And, yes, I think the return to Edmonton storyline is pretty worn out now. Toronto 7-8. and eight. They are first in the East. Tough loss to Saskatchewan last week. Uh, the Riders kicked a field goal with seven seconds left to get the victory. The situation for the Eskimos, if they win tomorrow and BC loses in Winnipeg, Tomorrow afternoon, the Eskimos are in the playoffs for sure. So that's where we stand with that. Mike Riley, 
on the other hand. Eskimos quarterback pulled the offense together after the walkthrough today. Here's why. Yeah, just uh, reminding the guys the importance of, of every game you know, this time of the of the year, it's been a short week for us. You know, we didn't we only had really one one prep day on the field, um, but that doesn't change. You know, what we have to be able to do. Uh, you know, come game day, and so uh, just reminding the guys that, you know, usually this time of the week, day four, uh, you know, you've had a lot of prep time, and so you feel like you're completely ready to go, and and maybe you don't need to put as much in in the evening is the, the feeling sometimes right. um, but when you only have one day of work on the field it's uh, that much more important the night before the game to be mentally focused and make sure you know that you're on top of your stuff um, because again it's not like we're going to come in with some watered down game plan yeah. this is a, a full robust game plan like any normal game but just with less prep time so you got to make that time up somewhere and that's got to be done at home on your own time almost like cramming for the exam right yeah for sure you know and, and again uh, you know it's always important to be prepared and ready to play but uh, this time of year every team has that mentality and you're not going to come out and get a game against a team when they're not ready to go you're going to get everybody's best shot you got to be prepared to give yours Mike Riley ready to go Argos and Eskimos tomorrow at 5 Dave Campbell Eskimos analyst still to come Bob Stoffer, Oilers analyst still to come and you'll also meet a guy whose job it is to review video games it's his job. He's on later tonight as well. Inside Sports on Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight at 6.34 Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Hope you have a great weekend planned. We have the doubleheader tomorrow, Eskimos at 5, Oilers at 8. Going to be a good one. Dave Morley bringing you the Eskimos game. Jack and Bob bringing you the Oilers game. You can text 6.30, The phone number is 780-496-0063. Plenty of Oilers and Eskimos talk to come. These are important games for both teams, but... Also, a very important game Sunday at 1 p.m. at Clark Park, Prairie Junior Football Conference League Semifinal. The 7-1 Edmonton Huskies hosting the 5-3 Regina Prairie Thunder. The Huskies almost had a perfect regular season. They are coached by Ian McLean. Ian, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Great, Reed. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so you finished the season at 7-1. and one. I think any coach would take that if they would have been told that uh, at the start of the season would have been their final record. You did have a chance to go 8-0, though, and didn't win the final uh, regular season game. Is that a, a bit of disappointment for the guys, or, or how much priority did you place on an undefeated regular season? You know what, our message every every week this week is every week this year has been to go out there and try to win the week, make, uh, make today's practice our best practice, make this week's game our best game. Uh, obviously, last weekend didn't go the way we wanted it to, but I mean, the focus needs to now be on Regina and first round of the playoffs and having this be our best week we've performed the entire year. So, uh, obviously, anytime you lose, it's disappointing. I mean, you never want to have a, an L on the record, but it's it happens. Now we have to move on, learn from it, get better, and not do it again. 
All right, so you guys were seven and one. Saskatoon was seven and one. Was it? Is it true you lost the tiebreaker by a point for first place, or how did that come down? Uh, you know what? They beat us in the head-to-head matchup, so they got first place on that. The point okay. differential for the year, they beat us by one point. So that was uh, that was crappy, but it is, it, you know what? We're proud of the effort the guys have put in all year and proud of the execution we have, and now we have a big test this beginning against Regina. All right. Tell me a little bit about the Thunder. They come in with a record of 5-3. and three. What do we expect Sunday afternoon, Ian? You know what? Regina's got a very good offense. They're, they're a solid team. They, they pass the ball, but probably better than anybody else in the league. And uh, they they hurt you if you make mistakes on defense, especially. I mean, if you look at the game played against them, we have some bonehead plays from our DBs, and they take advantage, and all of a sudden they get quick six points. Uh, they've been able to rest guys the last couple weeks, so they have, their starters have, have definitely been taking some time off. So they're going to be rested and ready to go. All right, Ian McLean, head coach of the Edmonton Huskies, joining us here on Inside Sports. How, give me a sense of how your team has grown throughout the season. I mean, I know you said you wanted to make every practice, every game day the best one to that point throughout the season. But what do you look back and say, man, from training camp or from day one of practice, we have improved. We, the work has paid off in this area. Well, I think it's seen the young guys that have had to step into very important roles on the field. I mean, we've had some some pretty large injuries at places that have cost guys their season and have had young guys, guys right out of high school who stepped in and done a really, really good job. So to me, that, that's kudos on them to not having the game being too big for them, uh, for their training in the off season. And it's just the, the mentality of playing for each other has been the big part of it. Uh, the best teams I've ever been around, they play for each other. They don't, they never play against a team across the field from them. Uh, they're playing for the brother beside them. So I've seen, I think that mentality has really taken over. And we have tried to foster that in everything we do and everything we say. So it's good to see the guys really take hold of that and make that their own. And then uh, you've seen the, the offense and defense coming together and starting to perform and execute. Uh, offensively, I think we've improved every single week, and that's been good to see. Uh, defensively, we've, we have guys making plays, flying around, and, and are taking advantage of opportunities. So we have to focus on our job, focus on what we have to do to be successful, and, uh, and go out and compete on, against Regina on Sunday. Ian, I got to ask you one more, and two of your worlds are going to collide with this question, but I think it makes for a hell of a story. How have you run one of the best teams in the country while also running the biggest election in the city of Edmonton history? Uh, you know what? Uh, the interesting part is the support we have around you, and work has been a, my priority this year. And I was very honest with the team that this was going to be a busy time, and the assistant coaches and the coordinators have really stepped up. Uh, and it's been some late nights, not a lot of sleep, but it's been it's been good. This election's been something I'm incredibly proud of. I'm incredibly proud of our team here, and just being a part of two amazing teams is great. And, uh, and quite frankly, most importantly, I married a saint, so she's taking care of my three children and our house, and putting up with me and my lack of sleep. And that's been uh, yeah, she's uh, she's the most important person in my life, and probably the most important person on the freaking on, on the Edmonton Huskies to be honest. <laughs> All right, Ian. Well, th- thanks for that. Uh, I know you are a busy guy. I-, I-, I had to throw in that other question because it is pretty interesting. But go get them on. Go get them on Sunday afternoon. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks, Reed. All right, so that's Ian McLean from the Edmonton Huskies. Seven and one, only good enough. Well, I guess shouldn't use the word only. They were seven and one, but second place in the Prairie Junior Football Conference. To Saskatoon was seven and one, and they get first place on the point head-to-head matchup with the Huskies. And, and that's interesting about Ian McLean. 
coaching this team, having a great season. He's also the director of elections Edmonton. So he's overseeing this election with a record number of candidates and preparing his team. And as he mentioned, he thanks his wife for keeping the family going and all the support he has around him. So here's what we hope for Ian, that his team wins on Sunday at 1 at Clark, right? The election goes smoothly on Monday, and then he can just focus on coaching the rest of the week in the uh, league championship game against either Saskatoon or Winnipeg. If Saskatoon wins, the Huskies will be on the road. If Winnipeg wins, the game will be here. But that that is an incredible confluence of events and responsibilities for Ian McLean. I think he's sleeping about an hour a night. So hopefully he's sharp on the sidelines and then has a, a smooth election coming up here on uh, here on Monday. 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. we got Ryan Nugent-Hopkins coming up, Dave Campbell, Bob Stoffer, all ahead Inside Sports on 630-CHED. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630-CHED. Taylor Hall has his first of the year for the New Jersey Devils, but the Devils are down 3-1 to the Capitals after two periods. Alexander Ovechkin, a power play goal, his ninth of the season. The season is barely over a week old. Nine goals already for Ovechkin. Rangers and Blue Jackets tied 1-1 after two. Senators and Flames about to start up in Calgary. The Ducks meet the Avalanche, and the unbeaten Vegas Golden Knights are home to the Detroit Red Wings. That game does not start until 8.30. Game one of the American League Championship Series, Yankees and Astros, they are scoreless after two. Was talking about that big junior football game coming up on Sunday. The U of A Golden Bears football team tomorrow, 1 p.m. at Foot Field. They are in the win column. A couple weeks ago, they had that exciting win in Manitoba with Ed Elnicki having that massive game. They're 1-4, and four, but they're still in the playoff hunt, taking on the 3-2 and two Regina Rams. So that's tomorrow, 1 p.m. at Foot Field. Golden Bears hockey home tonight. Claire Drake Arena taking on the University of Manitoba. The Bears 2-0 and oh in Canada West play. Manitoba coming in at 1-1. One and one. CFL tonight. It's halftime. And it's Calgary up on Hamilton 14-12. Hamilton hanging in there, uh, doing a lot better are the Tiger Cats over their last five or six games, though uh, still going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. They are five points behind Ottawa, and uh, Hamilton only has four games left, counting tonight. Ottawa just with two games remaining. All right, you can reach me, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. The Oilers getting ready to rock and roll after three days of uh, intense and detailed practices. I think they knew what the message was going to be. I think they received the message. So hopefully, even with Dreisaitl out of the lineup, they're able to come out and execute it tomorrow night. You know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, talked to Jack Michaels after practice about these back-to-back losses. I wouldn't say that our work ethic exactly isn't good right now. I think we're just uh, working in different ways. I mean, we're not working smart right now now and um, I mean we have to work all over the ice and it's not just working coming down offensively I mean we have to uh, make sure that we get the puck out or um, 
defend well before we move on to off offense. So um, I don't think we haven't been working hard per se. It's just uh, working all over the ice. Has there been an adjustment at all in terms of the game you're getting from your opponents this year coming off the season in which you did? Uh, well, I mean, it's tough to tell this early in the season, especially uh, we played three three big games. I mean, in Vancouver, it was their opener, so they're going to come hard no matter what. Winnipeg, uh, you know, they hadn't had a win yet, so we knew that they were going to come hard too. So I don't know if uh, you can tell that so far, but I'm sure it's going to be a little bit different this year. I mean, having uh, done as well as we did last year, um, teams are going to take us uh, more seriously and uh, make sure that they come ready to play every night. And finally, you said something the other night that kind of caught me a little bit by surprise. You said that move that you made on Monday was all about confidence. And I've never thought of you as a guy who, who struggles that with, you know, that much, even when you're on a bit of a dry spell. But do you feel better this year or more confident in what you can do at both ends of the ring? Yeah, I think so, so far. And um, I think that's a big thing for me in the summer was just getting my confidence back. Kind of, uh, I mean, last year... Um, We're talking offensively, right? Mostly offensively, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I, I've been feeling good the past couple of years defensively. My two-way games taking strides, and um, but I definitely need to find that confidence in myself to be able to produce offensively as well. And um, yeah, I mean, that play the other night was, I mean, skating. But of course, like if I don't have the confidence to go be able to do that, then I'm not going to get there. So uh, it's it's. Confidence goes a long way, and uh, it's, uh, when, when things are going well, it's easy to uh, have confidence in yourself. But, I mean, it's throughout the ups and downs of the season, you got to find that no matter what. I thought it wasn't unlike the play that Connor make in the first game where he chases down that puck because similar to what you were just talking about, if you don't think you can do it, you're not going to get there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of times, I know last year, the past couple of years, where I might be able to do something like that, but for some reason in my head, it's, um, well, no, I, I'm not going to be able to get there. I'm not going to be able to make a play on that. So, um, I mean, i got to get back into that mindset where I'm just going for it. Uh, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But, I mean, uh, you, you feel almost better about yourself if, if you try it and it doesn't work than if you don't try it at all. All right, so that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Two goals in three games so far this season for your Edmonton Oilers. Talking about Leon Dreisaitl not playing and one of the discussions going into this season was what what could hold the Oilers back from from being the same or improving. We talked maybe about guys handing increased responsibility on defense. Nurse and Benning were the focal point of a lot of that. So far, pretty good for Darnell Nurse. In fact, he gets promoted in the lineup up to the second pair tomorrow. Not so good for Matthew Benning, who I think is a very intelligent player and is going to work his way out of this, but he's expected to be scratched tomorrow. Another thing, and I think the big one for me, and we'll see in 10, 20 games uh, if, I'm, if I'm proven right or not, and I'll tell you if I'm not, but it, the, the secondary scoring. Would there be enough secondary scoring to propel the Oilers to, to, from a good team to a great team? You know, would Kajula chip in more? Well, if, unfortunately, he's injured. Uh, what kind of a season could Maroon repeat or come close to uh, the season he had last year? Same with Latestu. Could, could Cassian score a little bit more? Would Nugent Hopkins score a little bit more? What would Strom be like coming in after the Eberle trade? That was a big question for me. Who's going to get points? Who's going to drive some offense other than McDavid and Dreisaitl? And then another question 
was could they be as healthy as they were last year? All right, let's go over something here. And, and just bear with me. Just bear with me because the conclusion here is going to be an interesting one. I'm just going to Patrick Bauer. Just just hang, hang tight with me here, okay? I got the Oilers' stats open from last year, okay? You remember last year. They were very good. I'm going to just go through their top scores, okay, and tell you how many games they missed last year due to injury. Okay? okay. Some of their their top I'll just I'll just go down the top scoring list, okay? All right, Connor McDavid. Missed zero games. Nice number, nice round one. Leon Dreisidel missed zero games. Hmm. Jordan Eberle no longer here, but he was the Oilers' third leading scorer last year, played eighty-two games. Milan Lucic played 82 games. Ryan Nugent Hopkins did not miss a game. Wow. Patrick Maroon played 81 games. He was healthy scratch the last game of the season. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. So he did not miss any games due to injury. Oscar Kleffbaum played 82. Okay. Mark Letestu played 78. He, the four games he missed, he was a healthy scratch. Remember they had that uh, tough spell in November? He sat out three games. I think they lost a couple of them and then, and then uh, won one, and then he came back in. And then he was scratched the last game of the year to give him some rest. He did not miss any games due to injury. Andre Sekra played 80 games. I think he was banged up for a couple games. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Those nine. are the Oilers' nine leading scorers from last year. Now, granted, one guy is no longer here, but uh, still. So basically, you have Sekra missing two games due to injury. So this year, Sekra's already going to miss his fourth game. and dry so-, so the top players, so even if we, let's not, let's not count Everly, the top eight scorers from last year who are still on the team, Last year, missed two games due to injury. After tomorrow night's game, it's already going to be up to five, right? Four for Sekera and one for Dreisaitl. That's really weird, isn't it? That is super strange. You know, you don't think about it, but when you point out the numbers like that, it's it's incredibly strange. Well, we knew last year they were they were fortunate with the injuries. Mm-hmm. Now, I do think some of that is can be owed to the fact that they had. Uh, maybe some rugged players in the lineup that maybe protect, you know, might sure. be a little bit of protection. You're not getting banged around as much. Uh, but sometimes injuries are just flukes, right? It's not always a sign of weakness or you not being tough or your team. Like sometimes guys just get hurt. It's hockey. It's how, so, yeah. so last year, again, the games that the game Maroon missed, the games Latestu missed, they were healthy scratched. So... The top eight scorers from last year's Oilers who are on this year's team. We've already more than doubled the total number of games they missed with injury last year. <laughs> it sounds really bad when and you then, say and that. And then way. you can factor in Drake Kajula, who was not a top scorer last year, but was hoped to step up this year. He's already missed a couple games. Well, I guess he missed one game with injury, but we don't know when he's coming back. He's not going to play tomorrow. So, unfortunately, something that people were a little worried about is happening with limited to to a it's limited so far i shouldn't say to limited effect 
because maybe two two weeks from now we'll be saying, oh my God, these guys are still out and, and the team's doing poorly because they're missing them. Mm-hmm. They, we knew they were going to miss Sekera and we knew he was going to be out. So I don't want to get all in a tizzy about that because his man games lost is probably going to be between 30 and 50, depending on when he comes back. He's, he's going to miss a significant part of the season. So, but if you just look at those top guys, they have already exceeded the number of man games lost from all of last year. Pretty weird. Yeah, but last year, when they didn't miss any games and they came that close to winning the Cup, maybe that's going to be the difference this year. Well, maybe they'll be healthy at the right time. And yep. Sekera's start, I mean, you would have loved to have Sekera. He got hurt early in Game 5, mm-hmm. when it would have been nice to have him on the ice uh, protecting a lead at the end when they fell apart. Yep. And you lose Game 7 by a goal when you could not get the puck out of your own end in the second period, you know, maybe he may, who knows? But you, you, you can ask the what if, we'll never know for sure. Yep. Uh, Stoffer's coming up, Campbell's coming up. We got this uh, video game professional coming up on the show. We're taking you into your weekend. You can chime in 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Chet.